Welcome to Crystal Clear Finances, where we understand, well, finances, they can be confusing, but you don't have to face it alone, and you can have confidence for every financial decision. My name is Crystal Langdon. I'm a certified financial planner, qualified kingdom advisor, founder of Crystal Clear Finances, and your host for the next 30 minutes. Now, during today's program, we're gonna be talking about strategically planned charitable gifting. And if you've been listening to us over 24 years, or especially this year, you know we've been talking a lot about the great wealth transfer that is happening. And whether it goes into the hands of women, which I think 70% of it will, according to statistics, or whether it goes into the hands of men, it really doesn't matter. What matters is, is that we know how to handle it once we receive it. Because the whole goal of this is not for the money to transfer to us and then hurt us. The money is that it would transfer to us and then transform us. We want to have transformational purposes where it impacts us and we're able to bless the lives of those we love and our communities. And in, in essence, what we want to do is we want to change the culture. So we've got to go through the processes. And so that's what we've been doing, right? Since January, I've been talking about the fact, the spiritual processes, the emotional processes, the mechanical processes of becoming financially savvy when it comes to your money. And we've been discussing that in detail. What to do when the money comes into your hands. We've been talking about protection. We've been talking about various different streams, but today, Today, I want to talk about, okay, the money's here and you are taking care of it. You are walking in stewardship. You're taking care of yourself and your family and your loved ones and your community. So how do we take it to the next level? How do we begin charitable gifting? Now, I know some of you even right now saying that are like, Crystal, I barely have enough to go buy groceries and you want to talk to me about gifting. So take a deep breath. It's going to be okay, because I believe in that principle that says when you're faithful with just a little, he makes you ruler over much. So if we can learn how to do gifting when we have a small amount, then it will be natural as it grows into the large amounts. And since the audience varies, there are some of you that are giving very little, and there are some of you who are giving significantly. Now, what if we become tax efficient with our giving? Now, we don't give to get something. But if we can figure out how to give and then get a tax deduction, oh, I am all about that. Because isn't that what stewardship's about? We want to make ourselves as efficient as possible with the resources that God has given us. So when we talk today, and to the truth be told, it's probably going to blend over into next week as well. There's some key areas that I want to talk about. Because if you can strategically plan your charitable donations, it could, no guarantees, because of course for compliant purposes, I could not say it, but it could help you have tax savings this year and in the future. And some of the tools that we use to do that would be charitable bunching. We're going to talk about that later in the program. But if you kind of think about the name, it helps you understand, oh, I'm going to put a lot of giving together in the beginning and then reap the benefit of that. So we're going to talk about that in detail. What does that look like? You know, I have a lot of clients that when they've had really good years and they've got that bonus that they're like, whoa, I wasn't planning on it. They want to do their gifting this year so that next year when maybe they don't get that bonus, they don't want to have to come up with the money at that time so they can do their giving in advance. We're also going to talk about donating appreciated investments. And again, I have clients that right now are saying, hey, I've got this stock. 
It's in a taxable account, and we've talked about that before, right? A taxable account would be like an individual account, a joint account, an account that you have at a bank, an account you have at a brokerage account, which is not in a retirement plan, which means, yep, you have to pay taxes on it each year if it makes money. And for some people, you have to pay taxes on it even when it doesn't make money because you've invested in funds and the fund manager said, hmm, I'm going to make a sale now. And people are like, wait a minute, my account's down and I'm paying taxes. So we want to learn, hmm, how does donating appreciated investments bless the charities we want to give to and how can it bless you as well? So we're going to talk about that a little bit. We also want to talk about the use of donor advised funds. So these are some of the five strategies that I'm going through that we're going to talk about. And donor advised funds, just a sneak peek here. Donor advised funds is like keeping the money in the family culture. Like what's the family vision? You know, I talk to different individuals and they're like, you know what? I really want to do things for vets. That's why we do Heroes and Horses. I love doing something for the men and women who have fought for our country. They've come back and now they've changed. Hey, they've seen war. They've been in situations. They've experienced things that we haven't. So if we can be in a place to help those who have served us, that's a hot button for me. Now, other families say, yes, that's a hot button for me as well. There are a lot of people that are talking about, hey, I want to help get children out of the sex trafficking ring. Huge area. One of the largest businesses in the world is sex trafficking. It's just horrible to even think about. But if you can say as a family, we want to do something and take a stand against it. You know, I have a my sister and she's recently widowed. And her husband, if I cry, you just keep on listening to the radio show because her husband made significant donations before he had passed into organizations that literally were going in and saving boys and girls out of the sex trafficking ring. And his life and family legacy shows that people were saved. Children were saved because of what he did. And as we do the celebration of his life, as we go and honor him, as he's passed and is now with the Lord, one of the things that she's made available is the actual places where he donated. And in his honor, people are going to be giving into that. I share that because each family kind of has their culture, their hot mutton, the area that's so special to them. And if we can begin to say, well, wait a minute. You mean I could set up a donor-advised fund and I could find organizations that I could give to? You know, one more example of this, and I promise I'll move on. But I think of those who are more governmentally minded. Notice I didn't say political. I said governmentally. So they'll give to organizations like New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms. They'll put money there because they know the impact that they're bringing news to the public and say, hey, this is what's going on. If you don't like it, you better speak up now before it becomes a law. So there's different places. And I hope you're understanding when you pass and you want to be looked back on and what did that person stand for? Donor advised funds allows us to give and impact those areas and those causes. Now the fourth area of charitable planning, when we're talking about strategically putting your investments in place, giving to other organizations, is pairing tax awareness with charitable gifting. 
tax tax loss harvesting comes into that. So a lot of more complex, which may not fit everyone who's listening today, but there are those of you who are giving who need this type of complexity where we can sit down and say, what's going on in your situation? You know, a lot of times when you have the S&P 500, yes, you're investing in a conglomerate of different funds, right? And they average something, but you don't know which ones are up out of those 500 companies and which ones are down. But when you have strategically separately managed accounts, well, then we can look at it and say, well, here's the ones that are down. Here's the ones that are up. And we can give a donation of the ones that are up and offset it by selling the ones that are down and repositioning in something else. I know that took me maybe 15 seconds to say, but that is a strategic way that you can begin to do tax planning and charitable gifting planning where it's win-win across the board. And, you know, that's what I always look for. When I think of stewardship, it's not, oh, this is going to be at the cost of, of myself and this is going to be at the cost of everything. I think we're supposed to have win-wins where we're blessing the charity and we're blessing our family, where we're using the rules, the laws that we're allowed to use and positioning. Again, we're not giving so that we can get something. But if we're giving and there's something that's allowed for us to happen from a tax standpoint, hmm, why wouldn't we do it? And then the last area, we want to talk about QCDs. You might think, QC what? So those are your qualified charitable donations that you can make from an IRA. And I want to talk about that. There's a little bit of confusion between do I need to be 70 and a half or did they change it to 72? And there's a little mix up between required minimum minimum distributions and QCDs. So we're going to clear that up. Might not be today. It might be on next week's program, but I want to make sure that we talk about it. These areas right here, That's good tax planning, but it's good to be generous. And when we can begin to see the benefits of generosity, my hope is that you'll say, wow, well, then I can do a little bit more because I can see how it efficiently runs together. So to start this, I want to kind of give you an idea when we talk about charitable bunching. So we're going to go back to point number one. Before we jump into charitable bunching, I want to give some examples. And I want to start first before the example and set the foundation. Now, we know when it comes to the standard deduction, like when we file our taxes, here's your choice. You either get the standard deduction or you can itemize. And right now from the get-go, hello, compliance department, I'm just going to say on the radio and on my YouTube channel, this is in no way intended to be advice from a financial planner, from a CPA, from anything. This is just educational purposes only. And I want to encourage you to sit down with your financial advisor and sit down with your CPA and say, hey, You know, I heard Crystal talking about advanced planning strategies for charitable gifting, and I would like to participate in it. What can I do? And of course, if you don't have someone who knows how to do that, you can call 518-433-7181, and we can schedule a free initial consultation. So let's jump into this. So you have a choice, right? Standard deduction is what's offered or itemized. And let me just give you the standard deduction amount. It's 13850 for singles and 27700 for couples. And if you are over the age of 65, the standard deduction for you, see, it's good to get old. The standard deduction for you is 14700 if you're single and 27300 if you're married, filing jointly. 
if one partner is over the age of 65. And again, a lot of numbers that I just threw out there, but isn't it nice that we can just Google what are the standard deductions, what is the itemized deduction, and you can get all this information. Or of course, you can always call our office. We'd be happy to help you. Now, when you see the standard deductions, many people will say, I'm just taking that because I don't have enough itemized. And I understand that. There is a, a relatively small amount when you look at the United States that's using the itemized deduction. But that doesn't mean we can't understand it and that we can't use it. And if we don't use it now, who knows if we won't use it in the future? And I'm just gonna pause here for a second. Understand, when God presents information to you, right, whether it's through myself, through a book, through a podcast, something that you're hearing, don't be so quick to say, doesn't apply to me. There's a reason that is running across your brain. So let it soak for a minute and say, okay, that's good to know. Why do I need to know about charitable gifting when A, I don't feel like I'm in that position to do it? Because B, maybe one day you will. And that's what I'm prepping you for. I'm prepping you to be generous givers at the right times in your life. And I feel like we can all be generous. Just the size of our generosity might change over time. So let me give you an example. So let's pretend and, and kind of put this in perspective. We know probably some of the common uh, exemptions that we can have is our state and local tax. Of course, there's a $10,000 limit on it. So really, they need to come look at Saratoga and Niskayuna. They need to look at other places and realize maybe that's not right. There's also mortgage interest that you can write off. Now that, again, depends when you get up to have a house over $750,000 loan or a million. It's a little bit different then. But on average, you can write off your mortgage interest. And then charitable donations. And again, that's one where you want to be careful. If all of a sudden it says that you're making $200,000 and you're giving $200,000, you may raise some eyebrows on your Schedule A. So we don't want to do that. But all in all, if you look at it, when people are trying to decide, should I do an itemized deduction or should I do the standard deduction? These are the big ones, right? Taxes, state and local taxes, mortgage interest, and charitable donations. Now, I want to run through an example. If Bob and Sue, our imaginary clients today, had 10,000 in their property and school taxes, they had 5,000 in mortgage, and they had zero charitable donations, that would mean that they had 15,000, right, of itemized deduction. That wouldn't make sense for them to itemize when they can get 27,700, right? So we all got the concept. If they had 10,000 in property and school taxes, 5,000 in a mortgage and ooh, they, they did 15,000 in charitable deductions or donations, I should say, then they have $30,000. So that's more than the 27.7, right? So now they have more that they can write off. Everybody on the same page? Okay, good. One of the things that we need to understand is in this example, and it's gonna lead into charitable grouping, charitable bunching, is that if they had $30,000, and they said, you know what? I'm going to itemize. That means they were $2,300 over the standard deduction. If they were in a 37% tax bracket, that means they could save $851. Whoop, whoop. So it can help in certain situations. But I want to draw a scenario. If they do that every year for four years, $851, because they still gave their $15,000 of charitable donations, everything stayed the same. 
then over four years, they would have saved $3,400, which is still nothing to sneeze at. However, what if they did charitable bunching? What if they said, you know, I want to give money over the next four years. I've had a really good bonus. I'd like to do it in this year. And so they figure out and they say, okay, so 15,000 over four years is gonna be 60,000. I'm gonna go ahead and make the donation this year. I don't know, maybe they pulled it from the cash value of their life insurance to do it this year. But watch what happens. So if you have 15,000 times four years, that's 60,000. Now they're giving 60,000 and we look at a 60,000 at a 37% tax bracket they could be saving $22,200. Or we could break it down and just do it annually and do around $851 every year. But you see how, and I wanna go in there, if they gave 60,000, I need to pare that down a little bit in, in regards. But you see, understand the whole picture of it is, when you give a lump sum, there's more that crosses over that threshold. And instead of it being, you know, not being counted for taxes, now you can get a deduction for it. And if you were going to give the money anyways, and I could save 37% on it, well, gee, maybe I might take out of my life insurance and I might take that 5% and I might do my charitable gifting in one year. And then every year when I was going to be doing my gifting, instead, I would put that back into my life insurance, which I was only probably paying 5% on. And do you see the difference? Oh, yeah, I'll pay 5% to save 37%. All those little, and of course, you'd want to sit down with your CPA, you want to sit down with your financial advisor, but begin thinking outside the box. And in those cases, when you give $60,000, let's just say it was one organization, the impact it can have that year for a building project or whatever they were focusing on that year could be significant. So we want to look at those charitable bunching ideas. And again, some people say, well, Crystal, I don't have all that money at once. Either there's ways that you can look at the other assets that you have, or maybe we start smaller and it not be 15,000, but we want to look at the big picture. All right, let's go to the second one. And the second one's gonna be donating appreciating stock. And this one is interesting because people get so excited oh my word, this is a stock I bought years ago and it's doing phenomenal. And they're so excited about it until they go and sell it. And then after they've waited the 12 months so that it is a long-term capital gains, they sell it and they're like, wait a minute, I thought it was gonna get all this money in there. We're like, nope, the tax man had his hand out too. So sometimes, sometimes people say, well then what if I take this stock that I bought at $10 a share that's now worth $30 a share. And what if I give that to an organization? Now we've worked a lot with New Yorkers for constitutional freedoms. We've worked with different organizations and I've seen people donate their stock into the organizations and different organizations will hold it and that stock will keep growing and keep growing. And then when they have needs, they're able to sell at a high, we're able to liquidate that holding, and then they can use it for what they need, maybe expanding, redoing the office, however it is. So when we begin to look at efficiency, think about this, you wanna give someplace, 
You've got this stock and you're like, yep, this is how I'm going to do it. You decide first, because you haven't talked to Crystal Clear Finances, I'm just going to sell the stock. I'll pay the long-term capital gain on it. And then whatever I have left over, then I'll give to the organization. May, may I suggest that you want to consider well, what if I give the stock directly to them? Then you get the full write-off as far as a charitable donation, and they get the benefit of the appreciating stock. See, these are things that a lot of times we don't think about. We just think about, I got to write the check. But there's so many ways to give besides straight writing that check. Gifting is a great way to do it. And most organizations, I work with a lot of churches locally, most uh, local churches, they have a DTC number where they say, okay, I've got someone who calls our office and says, Crystal, I want to give to XYZ Church. I call them and say, hey, this is your day. <laughs> I've got somebody here, and usually it's one of the congregants, one of the members in their church, and I say they want to give to you. What's your DTC number? And they begin to say, okay, and we set it up and transfer the money or transfer the stock to them. Well, I know we're going over a lot of things today, so let's just quick first take a 60-second break, and then we'll be back with more Crystal Clear Finances. Twitter took two years to gain 1 million users. Facebook, 10 months. Spotify, 5 months. Instagram, 2.5 months. And our newest edition, ChatGPT, 1 million users in just 5 days. This is Crystal Langdon with today's Financial Gem. The use of artificial intelligence is growing. College papers are being written in moments. Digital art created, architect impacted, and financial data generated. But while AI appears to be everywhere, never confuse numbers with personalized wisdom. We are each uniquely created and as such, our lives and our finances deserve the benefit of creativity and personalized financial communication. AI can help, but true wisdom should be applied. Call Crystal Clear Finances at 518-433-7181 and gain confidence and wisdom for your financial decisions. And we're back with more Crystal Clear Finances. Thank you, as always, for taking the time to join us each and every week. As our library grows over the past 24 years, I get excited because people will say, hey, I just learned about that on one of the YouTube videos that you were shooting. And I said, yep, that's why we do this, because we want to provide that clarity so you can say, oh, strategic charitable gifting isn't quite as hard as they make it out to be. I can do that. And that to me excites me because then you can have confidence for every financial decision, including giving. Now, right before the break, we were talking about the fact that, hey, you can do charitable bunching. And again, you're going to talk to your CPA, talk to your advisor to make sure that you're making the decisions that are right for you. Then we talked about the fact that we can give appreciated assets. I have one gentleman, and then we're going to move on to the next one, who every year he calls. He has three favorite charities that he loves to give to, which just warms our heart. Now we just call the organization. They know the call is coming. And he actually inherited this money from his aunt. So all these mutual funds came in. We were able to see what the cost basis is. And now he can give every year to that organization, to the three organizations that he has. And he does that. So now he's not writing his tithe check. Don't worry, pastors. 
He is still giving. He's just doing it in a more strategic way that benefits both of you. So very excited to be part of that transfer when it happens. Now, the third area, and this is probably where we'll spend the bulk of the time since we only have about eight minutes left, is I want to talk about donor-advised funds. Donor-advised funds, oh, you can literally have your family name on it. It can be the Smith Family Advisor Fund, the Smith Giving Fund. There are lots of different names on it. But what I love about it is you literally can teach your children that we have planned giving and it's in our family name. So when you pass away, mom and dad, they can step up and they can say, this is what mom and dad started. And they can be giving and then hopefully they'll teach their children and we begin this journey of generosity, where we begin to show them, hey, this is where our values lie, because we're not just speaking, yep, we like to give, but we're literally showing and training them. So it's called the Donor Advised Fund. Very easy to set up. I don't want to say every financial planner can do it, but typically most financial planners could open up a donor advised fund with you depending upon you know who the custodian is i know that we can do that at our office and it's a great way to set it up i i remember i have one client whose mom passed away and the mom loved worship music oh all day long and this woman who received it she can sing and so what she said is she goes i don't want to put it in my regular household i don't want to put it in my retirement planning this is money i received from my mom and i want to honor my mom with it and so we set up a donor advised fund and this is the best part about it she set it up that the purpose of this fund was to help worshipers so now when people are going and they're getting vocal training or they're getting, you know, learning how to play music or whatever it is associated with worship, they can actually apply and say, I would like to know if I can have a grant or I can have resources from this giving fund so that I can excel in the area of worship. So every year she makes a decision. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and give it to this church and they're going to buy new worship equipment. Oh, I'm going to give it over here because we're going to raise up a children's choir. All these different areas. I think we make finances too difficult and realize, forget that it's just a tool. Literally, it's just a tool. So I want you to pause for a moment. If you're driving, do not do this. But if you aren't driving, go ahead and close your eyes and think about this. If you could set up a donor-advised fund, and it would be in your family name, it's the Smith Family Giving Fund, what would you want the giving to be for? Would it be like we said at the beginning of the program, I want to make sure it's for vets, I want to make sure that it's fighting against, you know, sex trafficking, or is it something else that you would want it to be so that you would teach your children and you'd say, okay, every Christmas, we're going to decide what donations we want coming out of this fund and where it's to go. That's the present that we're making to Jesus this year, is we're doing our donor-advised fund. See, many times we think that that has to be millions of dollars. But as I also mentioned at the beginning of the program, when you're faithful with a little, he makes you rule over much. It doesn't cost much to set up a donor-advised fund. Would I do it if you only had $100? No. But would I do it if you had $10,000? Mm-hmm. $15,000? $25,000? Right around those sweet points right there? Because it's small enough that you could put the money into it and yet still make impact. And here's the thing that's so exciting too. 
from a tax efficiency standpoint. Sometimes people say, I want to add up what all my tithe would be for the year, and I'm going to put 25000 in or 50000 whatever the amount is. They put it in, and they say, but Crystal, I'm not sure. I'm not sure where I want to give it this year. So obviously, yes, pastors, it would not be the original tithe. It would be extra money that they want to give, but they're not sure where. One of the things that happens is you immediately get the tax deduction the year you put it in the fund even if the fund doesn't give it out for years. So literally, you could be planting seeds into your donor-advised fund, and it starts growing, and it starts growing, until soon you have that 50, 75, 100,000, and then the momentum starts building, and then you start giving. So you could start it now, but not give for 10 years. And what happens is you work closely with your financial advisor. They're the ones investing in it, making sure, okay, these are the funds that we put in. And if you want, every year that there's a profit, you just have the profit sent. On the down years, you just say, we're just going to recover on this and then wait till it comes back up again. A lot of things to talk about on the donor advised fund, but I'm looking at the clock and realizing I don't have any more time to do that. So what I'm going to do is encourage you. If you have questions just about what we talked about today, give our office a call at 518-433-7181 and then join us again next week because we're going to talk about part two on this. Because as always, we want to provide financial clarity so that you can have confidence for every financial decision. Thank you and God bless. This program is for educational purposes only. We understand that finances are complex. Facing them alone causes stress, resulting in wrong choices, missing out on opportunities, and having to settle for a lower standard of living. At Crystal Clear Finances, our team approach focuses on providing clarity and confidence so you can make the right financial decisions. Investment advisory and financial planning services are offered through Alpha Star Capital Management, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Crystal Clear Finances and Alpha Star are separate and independent entities. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability.